So we started a brand new series today called Mythbusters. Say that with me, Mythbusters. It's kind of a tongue-tied thing, you know. I kind of say it. Some, some of you are struggling saying that. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed on the Internet or not, but, but there's this craze right now going on. Uh, Laurel or Yanny. And some people are going crazy over this. They, they swear that all they hear in the audio clip is Yanny. And other people swear that all they hear is Laurel. And there's this, this kind of, you, you know, you can't convince them otherwise because they're convinced by what they've heard. And it kind of drives you crazy until you go to the source. Somebody say, go to the source. Because that's where you find the truth. And, and I, I did a little, little research and found out that this all started on vocabulary.com. You can go there on your phone, your app. You can go there when you get home, vocabulary.com, and look up this word, laurel. Okay? It lists the word laurel. The definition, a laurel is a wreath worn on the head usually as a symbol of victory. And then next to the word is this pronunciation recording. And you push on the little pronunciation key and it says, Laurel. How about that? <laughs> it's not Yanny at all. Now some of you hear things and, and some, here's the problem. Many of us, we don't know a whole lot about some things and so we just believe what we hear we believe what's being passed around. We believe what we've been told, but we've never gone to the source. And I want to take you to the source today, and I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Many of us, we don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, only what we've heard, been taught, only what we think we know. And so we just believe what we've been told. And I want to go to the source today, God's Word, and dispel some myths about the Holy Spirit, all right? Let's do this. Myth number one, and I, the next couple of weeks I want to go through a lot of myths, but today myth number one, the Holy Spirit isn't a good thing. In fact, he's kind of weird. Stay away. And that's kind of the, the idea that a lot of people have about the Holy Spirit. But here's the fact, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit a good gift. As he was teaching his disciples about prayer, the Lord's Prayer, you all know the Lord's Prayer, he continued in that passage in Luke chapter 11, verse 5. It says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. I have nothing for him to eat. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door's locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. I ain't giving up till you come. I ain't giving up till you come. I need some bread. Come on. Come answer the door. I need something. Come on. And you just don't give up. And so I tell you, 
Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. And then he qualifies this. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Oh, you want a fish, but here's a snake. <laughs> the obvious answer is no. Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Here, have something that will kill you. He said, of course not. Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And there's a lot of principles in there, and I don't have time to unpack it all. But there's this persistence. There's this continuing to ask. There's this not giving up until I receive attitude. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit is a good gift from your heavenly Father, who is a good, good Father. And he only gives good gifts. James says every good and perfect gift is from above from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The Holy Spirit is a good gift. Myth number two, it's not that big a deal that I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. Fact is, Jesus thought it was a huge deal. In fact, some of his last words to his disciples after his resurrection, Luke chapter 24 records it, verse 44 then Jesus said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. And that's why we baptize in water because Jesus said it's the same picture of being buried with me in baptism and being raised in newness of life. Come on. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Just look at your neighbor and say, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. If you'll just repent, he'll forgive you. Come on, that's good news. And he said, you are witnesses of all these things. And now, in verse 49, he says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until this Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Don't be going into this next season without the power I've got for you. Stay here in the city until you, another translation says, until you are clothed with power from on high. Until you are absolutely covered, filled with my Spirit. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, lifting his hands to heaven. He blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. And so they worshiped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. You see, there's this hunger level. 
there's this obedience that says, I'm not going to do anything until I've got what God has for me. And Jesus said, you're entering into, into a season where you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. He was talking to Peter, Peter who had denied him three times in front of a little servant girl. Peter, who didn't have the guts or the, the boldness to stand up for Jesus. And a few days later, he's preaching to thousands. What happened? He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He began to speak what God wanted him to speak. The interesting thing is, Jesus, the scripture tells us that Jesus appeared to more than 500 people after his resurrection. And we find on the day of Pentecost, only 120 were there. So what happened to the other people? Where'd the other 380 go? Did I add that right? It's not my best suit. You see, there's, there's this... this hunger level you've got to have. I was talking to SB and, and Brandon this week. They got filled with the Holy Spirit uh, last, was the last week, the week before last. And, and I asked them, what, what was the difference? They said, I was hungry. I wasn't going to leave until I received what God had for me. And, and Brandon, he said, I, I was reading through the book of Acts. And as I'm reading through the book of Acts, like you asked us to, remember that obedience part? As I was reading through the book of Acts, I said, I've got to have what God has for me. I don't want to miss out on a thing. And, and there's this, this hunger. And so they stayed in the temple praising God. John chapter 16. We're going to go through a lot of scripture today, so hang with me today, okay? John 16, verse 5. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me, Jesus said. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. You're upset because I'm leaving. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And I want you to notice something here. Advocate is, is the name, one of the names that the, the scripture uses for the Holy Spirit. It's the word paraclete. I'll talk about that in just a moment. But notice what Jesus said. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a ghost. The Holy Spirit is him. He is God. He is the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. And I, I've talked to a lot of people who say, man, I wish Jesus was just here so I could just hang out with him. I wish Jesus would just show up physically and, and walk with me, teach me, lead me, and guide me. If Jesus worked that way today, then he could only be in one place at one time with one person or one group of people. Like today he could be here at the power place and we'd all have, oh, it's Jesus, Y'all are staring at me like I'm weird, but I'm not, I'm not really that weird. <laughs> you see, the genius of God is 
And we have his spirit with us at all times. And all of us at the same time have access to God's spirit. At all times, anytime, all of us. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. I'm serious. So, the Holy Spirit lives in us. When we invite Jesus to be the Lord of our lives, his spirit resides in us. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's what Paul talks about in Corinthians. Your body houses God Almighty. That's why it's such a big deal what we do in our bodies. Okay? I mean, it's a big deal because when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so it's a big deal what you do. Paul talks about sexual immorality and all kinds of stuff, and he says, look, it's a big deal because you're housing God. You're housing God's Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And then the moment you experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you willingly yield yourself to the Spirit's control, and He begins to flow through you. You begin to speak what He wants you to speak as He empowers you to be His witness. And the Holy Spirit also walks with us. In John 17, 7, we just, we just read, it uses the word paraclete for the Holy Spirit, the advocate. The meaning is advocate, helper, encourager, intercessor, someone who's praying for you at all times, counselor, or one who comes alongside. The Holy Spirit is your personal coach. Come on now. God himself is available to you at all times as your advocate, as your counselor, as your helper, as your teacher, as your leader, as your coach. He wants to be with you. He's praying for you and praying through you. Myth. I have all of the Holy Spirit I need when I get saved. Fact. You have all of the Holy Spirit you need for salvation when you get saved. But Jesus wants to immerse you, clothe you, fill you, and empower you with his power so you can speak what he wants you to speak and be his witness in his power. So, Pastor, how do you know that? Well... We go to the source. Anybody want to go to the source? The Word of God, Acts chapter 8, verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers. They're saved. What they pray for? For them to receive the Holy Spirit. Notice the next verse, verse 14, 16. I'll fix my eyes in a second. 
the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers. They're saved. And they received the Holy Spirit. And then when Simon, the sorcerer, saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. He saw something take place. He saw them speaking in other tongues. And he said, that's impressive. You guys lay hands on people and they start talking another language. I like that. I Can I buy that? Like, dude, no. Not available for money. This comes straight from God. John 14 Verse 15, again, we go to the source. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, paraclete, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him. you got to be saved to receive the Holy Spirit. Because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now, and later will be in you. And the good news is it's for every believer. Just nudge your neighbor and say, it's for you. The Holy Spirit is for you. This gift is for you. Come on, tell them again. This gift is for you. It's for you. Acts 2.38, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It's available to everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Myth. I don't have to speak in other tongues when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Fact. Speaking in tongues is the outward, visible, biblical sign. We call it the initial physical evidence. Now, it's not the only evidence that you're filled with the Spirit, but it's the initial physical evidence, and it's the biblical pattern. So we go to the source. Acts 10, verse 43. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you haven't done that yet, we're going to give you an opportunity before we end this service for you to for, ask God to forgive you of your sins, to get you ready to receive all that he has for you, to get you ready to go to heaven. Because you don't want to miss out on that, I'm just telling you. It's way better than sliced bread. It's for everyone who asks, they receive. And even as Peter was saying these things, See, Peter's preaching again. And when he was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? See, it's the biblical pattern. 
It's the initial physical evidence. They, they saw and heard the evidence. That makes sense? Acts chapter 19, verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several heathen. No? What's it say? They, he found several what? Oh, they were believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. What's this Holy Spirit you speak of? Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. That's why you're believers. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul laid his hands on them, and you'll notice that's a pattern as well. They would lay hands on people, and as they laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Verse 6, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. And, and there's so many myths about the Holy Spirit, and yet we just believe what we've been taught, even though it was wrong, or what we've experienced and thought was, that's a little strange. Or we just kind of believe what everybody around us believes, and Yanny, I don't know. And then you go to the source and you say, oh, that just makes a whole lot of sense. God has a good gift for me. The Holy Spirit is a good gift. Because when I'm filled with the Spirit, I yield myself to whatever God wants to do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bust some myths next week that are I, I'm, I'm excited about next Sunday. But today I want to ask this question. And this is a question that a lot of people have said to me. Why tongues? Why, why couldn't the initial physical evidence just be, got it, right? Oh, yep, there it is. Why tongues? I was, I was at an amusement park in Des Moines, Iowa years ago. And it's, it's called Adventureland. It was kind of cool. I was getting ready to, to get on this roller coaster ride. And standing around me were several different people from various locations around the world. And I didn't understand their language. But they understood. They're just talking. Some guy's talking in Korean. Guy behind me is talking in Spanish. Somebody else, I think, was talking in Japanese. I mean, I'm telling you, it was, it was like being surrounded, and I felt a little out of place and a little weird. And God just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, I understand all that. And it's not weird, and it makes a whole lot of sense. And they're making sense to each other. And when you're filled with the Spirit, 
you begin to praise God in an unknown language, he understands. In fact, he's praying through me to pray his will. And so the question is, why tongues? And it's a very simple answer. It's found in James. The book of James, chapter number 3. James says when we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. A little bit in the mouth turns the whole animal. Anybody around horses much? They're big animals. I know you, you can understand. I've gotten thrown off probably three or four horses. Horses don't like me, and I don't like them. <laughs> I used to love horses when I was a kid. I was, I was, one of the things I loved to draw was horses. In fact, if I go back into my basement, I could find you some pictures that I've drawn of horses when I was a kid. I know, right? It's all in the basement. It's all down there. Everything every, everybody asked me about, I said, I think it's in the basement. <laughs> so. But I used to love horses, and then this guy in our church, I was a little kid, brought this horse to the church, and he said, you love horses so much, hop on. And I did. I'm like, yes, I love horses. I hopped on, and the guy went, whoa, threw me off. I went flying. I'm like, I don't like horses. <laughs> Huge animal. But the huge animal can be controlled with the mouth. James goes on and he says, or take ships for an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And then he makes the connection. Likewise, ah, the tongue. The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. Sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. That's a nasty little muscle right there. I'll grab that. Uh-huh. Go ahead and grab it. Got one? Everybody got one? Yeah, yeah, grab it. Strong, in it? It's strong. My wife had half of her tongue cut out. They replaced that half with her arm. So she's still got muscle in there, and it's still strong. In fact, she's actually armed and dangerous. <laughs> That's her line. I stole it, okay? The tongue. And then he says in verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. 
It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. And God said, if you'll just give me control of your tongue, then I can lead you wherever I want you to go. I can be the pilot of your life and steer you in the right direction. Even though you're this, this horse, this animal that, that can't hardly be tamed by anyone, once I put the, the, the bridle in the tongue, then I can lead and guide you by my spirit and take you places and show you where you need to go and what you need to do. And I can help you get where you need to go and be my witnesses. And when you think about it that way, you're like, well, hello? It just makes sense. You don't want this, right? You want him controlling your tongue. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you just close your eyes for a moment, I want, I want to ask. First of all, how's your hunger level? Are you hungry for what God has for you? I don't want to miss out on one thing God has for me. I need him. I need him. But secondly, I want to ask, is Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life? If he is, you're part of the family of God. You have access to everything that God has for you. And being filled with the Holy Spirit is available to you today. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you want to do that today, I want to pray with you. Because God has this great gift of salvation. It's available to everyone who asks. Whoever repents of their sins and says, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And that makes you a part of the family of God. It brings you into his family. gives you access to everything God has. If that's you this morning, I want to just pray with you. You just raise a hand and say, preacher, pray for me. I need Jesus today. Be my Lord and Savior. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Someone else. God's speaking to you today. He says, just come on in and let me cleanse you. Let me make you clean. Let me give you a brand new start.